Welcome back to I Have No Business Being Here. Once again, we have no business being here. I'm Lindsay Jesh. I'm here with Tremaine Cryer. Hi, Tremaine. How are you? Good, Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm great. And I'm so excited to chat today. How about that sweatshirt? Yes. Yeah, so this is my Myers-Manx sweater that was part of the swag to end all swag at the end of car week. My friend and I, I mean, again, like have no business being here, lucked into going to, they were calling it the Manxgiving dinner at the Myers Manx house. We walked over from Pebble after the Concord and they had these little gifting suites and it was several of the companies that the Truesdale Ventures, which is Philip Seraphim's you know, investment company, They've invested in Manx, but they've also invested in several other brands. So they had these little teeny tiny booths that were the Veuve Clicquot, you know, orange. And you could go in and it was floor to ceiling products from the different companies that he's invested in. Great. So mine had this gorgeous sweater in it and it's actually super cute. Yeah. And then my friend saw mine on Instagram and she said, wait a minute, what's that? But you have a newly minted driver. I do. My 16-year-old Max birthday is today. And we went Happy down birthday to Max. Thank you. And we went down to the DMV and he got his license. So he and now he's gone. Right. He came home, he put the bumper back on his E30, went to pick up his friend. He got gas. He's washing it. He's he's we'll never see him again. Right. It's been great, Max. We wish you the best. Last known photo of Max Cryer. Yeah, he's gone. Oh. I love it. How does that feel for you as the parent? Just desserts. Yeah. It's, I, I've had that coming. I did the same thing at 15. You get your license at 15, you know, a million years ago. And uh, I left at that point and just didn't come home for hours and hours and hours on end. And then was not home very much after that. So yeah, I, it, I deserve it. So what I'm going to try to do is I bought him tickets to a HPD event next month. So, and I, and I got him a home for his birthday. And so we're going to go out and do some driving. So I probably can bribe him into hanging out with me a little bit here and there. So it, it, the burden falls on you to make a more concerted effort to build in time as opposed to him just being around. Yes. Cause he won't be around. He doesn't need a ride. He doesn't need me to pick him up. Uh, and he's very social. So, I mean, we're afraid because he is well-connected. And so he, he's he got a million places to be yesterday. And so he's gone. Like legitimately, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is, it's a good preview for me to keep in mind too, because, you know, I have a few years to go before that, but my daughter's such a car person too, just like Max, that, I mean, it's, that's, that's my future. <laughs> We've done it to ourselves. I mean, I Facebook tells you memories, you know, every time you have a significant day and they, they showed me all the posts that I posted of Max over the years and Ferrari jacket, VIR hat, Ferrari jacket. I mean, just since like five years old. And so like, I really do think I tried hard to get this. Right. Here we are. Right. Like you said, this is, it's, if it's a surprise to you, that's on you because when you look back at the data. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. 
But I hear that you um, had no business being somewhere else over the weekend. Where? What happened to you? I found myself at Goodwood in England. Very unexpectedly. So, yeah. And I went because I went from Monterey back to Southern California. And this like really came together, I think, the day after I got back from Monterey. And I realized my passport was in Seattle and expired. And I had like two weeks, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that's how it works. If you have travel booked within 14 days, they will expedite the passport for you. So I was, you know, then it was, do I, can I actually find flights, which I was able to find two nonstop flights, which was incredible. Found myself on a plane headed to England. That's amazing. It was, I mean, I was, it was just like a nonstop series of pinch me moments, especially literally on the heels of an incredible week in Monterey you know, like I kept saying to myself in the most, you know, in the best way, like I have no business being here. How in the world? And what's funny is I've been like, you know, we've talked about this a lot. The idea of the, like, I have no business being here as a tongue in cheek, um, you know, expression of happiness about all the experiences we've gotten to have. And after Goodwood, two friends of mine put up posts that I went, oh, that really articulates it in a way that I've been struggling to come up with. Um, One of my friends was also there for the first time. And she said, you know, I've been tearing up all day throughout my first day here. Just the, the experience itself is so moving and incredible and getting to be there and everything that has brought her to that point. And then another friend talked about his, as he walked out of the event on the last day, he realized, you know, he saw several really incredible iconic cars out of the corner of his eye and it hit him, you know, the gratitude for his life in general, but also just getting to have that experience. Yeah. And that's really what it was for me too. I mean, I was just in awe the entire time. It is an incredible event. And this year was unique because I don't know if you heard, it was a raging heat wave while the event was going on. So they have. You know, for those that don't know, you obviously know, but for for those that don't know, Revival has a period dress code and it's very strict. And if you don't dress up, they have actors who will run around and heckle anybody that's not dressed up. And it was so hot this year that they relaxed the dress code for the first time ever. And they said, you know, we ask that you still respect the period style but we also need to make sure that everyone is safe. So do whatever you need to do to be okay. Yeah, double-breasted uh, suits, you know. They had, I mean, some people still did, but we had, you know, a couple people in our group. Um, Friday was okay. I was there Friday and Saturday. I, I got there Thursday. We were at the event Friday and Saturday. Friday was cooler than expected, but Saturday, you know, we got out of the car the first thing in the morning and you could just feel it was like a furnace. It was so hot. Um, you know, and England is not equipped to deal with that heat anyway. And then you have people in wool suits, coveralls, you know, full army outfits, um, which is, uh, you know, it adds to the event, obviously, but it's not bearable. Mm -hmm. Um, there's one building, you know, if you're in the suites, you have air conditioning, but in the driver's club and the, I think it's called the officer's mess, no air conditioning. So it's just a big enclosed building full of people. And it was 85 degrees, 85% humidity. I mean, it was 
a true furnace. Like I was okay. Um, Friday, I ended up, I had coveralls mm -hmm. scheduled and I ended up giving those up and just wearing a sundress. And I did as many, you know, period correct touches as I could. Sure. But um, then Saturday was, so I was there with a group of Carol Shelby enthusiasts because it's the hundredth anniversary of his birth. So they were, they were honoring, Goodwood was honoring him. So they did a group or a group of enthusiasts went together and Saturday was Carol overall day because that was what he used to wear to race was the striped overalls. Chicken farmer so, overalls. Say that again. Chicken farmer overalls. Yeah, the, chick, the chicken farmer story, the legend of the chicken farmer overalls. So they said, if you have them, wear them on Saturday. We're going to do group picture. And Carol used to wear a long sleeve white shirt, like similar to a button up. So I had that as an option, but I ended up just wearing, I also have a tank top with a Cobra on the front. So I wore that because we had to, we had to mitigate, you know, because of the heat, like my mom really, like it hit her really hard Saturday morning and we were doing a tour of the paddock and I looked at her and she was blotchy and I went, actually, we're just going to go sit in the driver's club and get some water. And, you know, it was, it was that, that's when it hit me. I went, okay, this is not a drill. Right. Like it's uh, bad. I, yeah. I do find it amusing though. Cause I think it was 108 or something like that in North Carolina, not too long ago. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's all context. Yeah. It depends on and, where what you do. Yeah. And it's like obviously situation. And if you have access to air conditioning, that makes it a lot different. Um, if you're not into their colonial, like, you know, conquering India stuff from a hundred years ago and just wore pith helmets and short sleeve khakis and that sort of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, part of the issue too, is so many people travel to the event Right. They don't have the options that you would if you were home and you could adapt. And so people were trying to figure it out. Um, and you could kind of tell like that, you know, the seeing the costumes in a normal year is part of the event. And then seeing how people adapted or didn't or the people that just like threw in the towel and went, I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt, you know, that made it interesting, too. So it was just different than what was expected. But so we went. Friday, I we stayed on an estate that was actually about an hour and a half from the event. So that was an adventure getting there. And the first day we ended up on very traditional, windy English country roads. And several of us were feeling quite unwell by the time we got to the event. Yeah. But part of the story. You know, so we had... My favorite. I love the honk honk as you just fly around the hedge. Just, you're supposed to know. And dive into the lay-by, but so while the other person comes past and or back up, you know, come nose to nose, well, before you need to like go back and get into somebody's driveway just to get past. Yeah, I mean, there were several, you know, blind or one-way bridges. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy that was one of the leaders of the group has a, um, a GT500 KR mm -hmm. that, and he actually lives in Jersey, so he had brought the car over from Jersey. Wow. And, you know, that's a wide car for those roads. It took up almost the entire road. <laughs> so mm. that was interesting. You know, the, it kicked the trip off on an interesting note. We got to go through several of the, you know, where the tunnels in the trees are carved out by the trucks. Right. That so was the very traditional English experience. And then, you know, got to the event and I didn't realize there's several different areas at the event. There's a circus area. They have a carousel. They have sword eaters. 
you know, they have a whole circus troupe that performs. They have a whole vendor area. They actually have, and I didn't get to this area, they have their own vintage shop on the estate. So Mm -hmm. if you got there and wanted to add to your costume or you needed a costume, you could go to the vintage shop on the Goodwood estate and get something there. And that's definitely on my list to check out next time. Sure. Um, So, and we were in, they have a row of suites just south of the chicane on the track. And so we had food there and you can walk out on the lawn and we were able to stand like right at the entrance to the chicane and watch the cars go down the chicane. And that was so much fun. And one of the first races that I got to see was vintage Porsches. And there were three 901s racing. And that really caught my attention because the Galpin collection has a 901 Mm -hmm. that they raced at Monterey. So I got, and one of our family friends drove it. So I thought it was pretty remarkable to see one being driven. Much less. Right. And so then I was standing there, you know, at Goodwood saying, I mean, again, Mm -hmm. whose life is this? Right. That's the alternate title. Whose life is this? Life is this. Those 901s, were those, is that the one that's fiberglass bodied that? So that is the pre-911. Porsche started making those and named them the 901. And then I believe it was Fiat. Or Peugeot. Peugeot. Thank you. That also trademarked the 901. So Porsche had to switch to 911. So they made 82 901s. So they're incredibly rare. Right. I thought I was incredibly lucky to see one being raced. And then I got to Goodwood and I said, I got to see one. What are the chances that within a month I would see four of the 82 it exi- that ever existed right. being raced on the track? Uh, you know, it's, I, I was, it was a moment of, or a string of, you know, speechless moments. Mm-hmm. Um, just. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I didn't need, I, I barely knew the story. Now that you mention it, I'm thinking of 906, 904, 906. Yeah. Campaign to Le Mans. But that would have been fascinating. Do what's do they look different? What is the oh, they look like vintage, you know, early night, you know, really the only way to tell the difference to my like with the limited knowledge, because I'm just learning that story, mm-hmm. is to look at the badging. Got it. Because the bodies are the same. All they did was change the number. Got it. Um and uh, yeah, but just I mean, it was it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like what what a gift. I mean, I ran out on the lawn when they started talking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, because we could see it from the suite. But so Lord March, who runs the estate and they put the event on, his son, Charlie, actually drove in that race. So that was, you know, another element of I didn't realize he drove at all. Um, And then to have him drive in that race was really cool. And then they had like a handful, I mean, five or six hardtop Cobras were there. Okay. Uh, which weren't really, uh, I, you know, my preference was the convertible Cobras, mm-hmm. but I was laughing at myself because I went, okay, so apparently all I needed to do to get on board with the hardtop Cobras was see a bunch of them racing at Goodwood. Right. Yeah. And that's what Jim Farley drives too, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen his at Monterey and, you know, I mean, it, it, like there's so much tie-in 
with my experience with Monterey and then kind of the follow-on, like Goodwood being the follow-on to Monterey, again, like whose life is this? And there's such a strong British connection to AC and right. and the coach building. And I just learned that story this year about the first Aston, well, the first AC body went to Aston. Ooh, that's right, because you saw one at the Amelia, right? At Amelia, and it was the predecessor to the Cobra, but it's exactly like a Cobra, except it's right-hand drive, and it's got an Aston badge on it. And it's just yeah. fascinating to see all the little intricate connections that bring things. Well, yeah, and it's it's such an incredible story, the way the Cobra came to be, because it was like, this person had the engine, and this person had the body, and they happened to, know, you know, somebody happened to have a conversation, or none of that could have come to be. And, you know, it's people can definitely fall down the rabbit hole. And like, I've been joking with a friend of mine about, you know, certain, you know, enthusiasts can fall into almost like fealty-ish. And it was interesting talking to people on the trip, learning, you know, the different levels of enthusiasm. One of the guys on the trip has a fairly sizable collection, I think. And I, again, I was laughing at myself later because I went, oh, so what kind of cars do you have? And he said, Shelby that's it yeah <laughs> that's it and I went I know it's like okay but you have a lot of cars he didn't make that many mm-hmm. you know and then he said well you know I do have a Viper but obviously Shelby was also involved in the Viper too right so I went okay that's it's a different level yes. and you know it's a different like even growing up in a Shelby household I'm still more like hey if I connect with it I'm into it Right. You know, so my overalls, I got a bunch of different patches to put on them. And I had, you know, a Ford truck patch. I had a Cobra patch. I had several Cobra patches, but I also had a Ferrari patch. Right. My family had a vintage Ferrari patch from the 80s. And I went, that absolutely has to be on my overalls. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a Porsche patch because I've had a couple of Porsches and I have driven them on the track. And that's special to me. You know, I had a BMW patch because that's what my track car is. Well, there's so and, many cars. There's so many cars. I mean, it's yeah. like, uh, it, not to segue, but, you know, getting into the accident earlier this week with, with my 996. Yes. Uh, driver took me out. The kids and my wife are like, so we're going to get another one. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, like, we may have checked that box. Checked the box. Had it for four years. Drove it every day. And now we're going to need something different. And so, yeah, I completely subscribe to Ferrari patch, Porsche patch, Cobra patch. Uh, There's just so many ones I want to drive. Yeah. And it was, that part was interesting because my mom went, you can't put a Ferrari patch on there. And I said, but it's, I mean, and at the, at the very least, it was a conversation piece. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, the rivalry between, you know, Shelby and Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. those patches right next to each other. <laughs> right, I did. I had so we have the coolest AC patch, which is we're we're still not sure how it came to be because it's the AC lettering with a cobra snake in the middle. Oh, and those were not typically. That's like, that's like a kickoff patch, right, to the partnership. Yeah. So I don't. I should have here. I actually have it. That sounds like the the press conference where they announced it. Yeah, that's great. Right. It's really unique. You know, my dad looked at it on my overalls and he said, I still don't know how that even came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that right above the Ferrari one. Yeah. And it was funny. I went, you know, when she, you know, had this consternation about it being on there, I went, well, okay, 
now I'm definitely doing it because it's going to be really interesting to see who comments mm-hmm. and how they respond to it. Yeah, yeah, you could recreate Ford versus Ferrari just by spinning around at Goodwood, right? <laughs> In your overalls. <laughs> well, and then one of the buildings was, one of the concession buildings had BMW badging on both sides. So I took a picture in front of that with my BMW patch. I said, yep. I, think I'm, I think I'm vindicated. Yes. Yeah, well, it's, it's just very e- equal opportunity, right? Right. That's my, I mean, I'm, you know, I've driven cargo vans, I've driven box trucks, I've driven, like, if you're going to hand me the keys, I will drive it. It has wheels, you bet. (laughs) Drive everything, it's all an experience, and uh, yeah, it was, I hadn't really thought about it being contentious. Yeah, definitely not contentious, but then I was like, okay, this is actually going to be fascinating, Mm -hmm. and most people didn't say anything, whether that was because they noticed and were like, didn't say anything. Right. Or because it wasn't an issue. And then a couple people jokingly said, do I see a Ferrari on there? I'm like, you sure do. You sure do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was really funny. And then we, well, and so we went, the the gal that runs the Carol Shelby Foundation and then one of the people that works with Team Shelby were the two Americans that put the trip together. And then this other fellow from Jersey were the three kind of running the tour and the the American guy from team Shelby the gal from Shelby American pranked him the first night they pranked each other but she pranked him with a black cowboy hat which was Carol's you know traditional hat but this one had silver sequins all over the brim and the band and so he put it on for a few minutes and it was such a whirlwind getting ready and it came together so last minute, I hadn't thought about a hat. And kind of jokingly, I said, you know, Scott, I'm happy to give the cowboy hat a good home if you're, you know. Have reservations, right. Yeah. So I ended up with a black cowboy hat with silver sequins on. Perfect. <laughs> to cap off the outfit. So mm-hmm. it actually was amazing. And then Aaron Shelby, who is one of Carol's grandsons, and I met he and his family at the Quail. Um, they were there, and he had his overalls on Friday. And then Saturday, Lord March actually gave a probably 10-minute, 10, 10, 15-minute speech about Carol and his involvement at Goodwood and the history and the significance. I was very surprised. I didn't realize there had been as much yeah. um, history as there was and that it meant seemingly as much to them as it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so he spoke, our group all got to go out on the track at the starting line and hear the speech as he gave it and then did a group picture. But Bruce Meyer and his wife are the caretakers of the first Cobra ever built. And they were there. Bruce was in overalls and black cowboy hat. So we walked, I walked up to say hi to him and we went, ah, we're twins. So we took a picture and then there were, you know, a handful of other, you know, I, I was, as my sister said later, when she saw the pictures, you are overall twins with a man. Mm. Yeah. I said, yes, I am with good reason. Very so, 23. It's good. Yeah. So they, um, there were a bunch of us in, you know, the Carol overall outfit and then a bunch of guys in the Cobra, like the original Venice crew. Cobra right. show. So we did a group picture and yeah, we got to be on the track at, you know, and Lord then March. yeah, with Lord March. And then they did parade laps with, I mean, probably like between the open Cobras and the 
the hardtop, there were 10 to 15 Cobras. There were GTs, GT40s. There was one Mustang and they did a couple laps and we got to be literally on the pit wall. Yeah. And then we got to watch the races. There was a Ferrari 250 GTO that exploded. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know whether it was real. I believe it was. And what was funny is so my, um, uh, I had some friends that were there with Subaru. And so I was going to meet up with them after the Shelby tribute. So my parents went back to the suite and I stayed in the pits. I had run into the restroom and I came out right as the entire crowd went. And I could see the big screen at that point and I could see the car spinning and I went, that's not good. And then they started the replay. And what happened was the car exploded and then it went out pretty quickly. So I had caught the tail end of it thinking that was the bad part of the accident. But it's the, they said the differential exploded and went through the gas tank. I mean, the footage was stunning in the worst way. Right. I mean, they said the car's worth $70 million. Was. Yeah. It's not exactly at the moment, but, you know, and then Sunday I flew home, but they had pouring rain during one of the races. Several of the cars got really banged up and crumpled. I think it was. I kind of like that. I know that's ill of me, but I, well, I know I was, I was thinking that when the Ferrari was having the issue, I went, okay, but this is like, what, what was an interesting, you know, moment was seeing the explosion and then they stayed with it, obviously. And the guy, the driver very skillfully got it off track. He was almost instantly out of the car. You know, one of my friends said he must've been unbuckling himself as it was spinning. Right. If the car's on fire, because you know it's going to go. He was out and you could see him shaking, just like getting himself out. Oh yeah. Um, But, and then they, you know, he got himself out. You could tell he was safe. The car wasn't on fire at that point, seemingly. And they panned away from him. They went back to him and he was on the lawn and he was, you know, tearing up. And that was a reminder because like you said, it makes for an interesting, engaging race when a car blows up or when a car goes off the track. But it was a reset of like, oh, there's also a person inside it. Correct. You know, yeah. which is as the spectator. I mean, it's like I said, if no one gets hurt, then it provides entertainment and they're living their life and they're doing what they were designed to do. And that that part to me is fascinating. Um, yeah, exactly. Garaged and not used and collecting dust. Right. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, it's a $70 million car, but again, it goes back to, but it was doing exactly what it's been designed to do. Yeah. On track. Right. Living, living its life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. That's what we all hope for. Right. Or beyond. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely living life you know larger than life for sure and it'll be interesting to follow that car and see what happens yeah it's value it'll get reconstructed right and you know one of the things that was interesting another friend said to me a lot of the cars there or you you can't assume that all the cars there are real right i didn't realize Hmm. um you know, so that's an opportunity for me to educate myself to be able to tell the difference too. Yeah, what an event. It sounds like uh, unexpected, amazing, wrong place, yeah. right place, wrong time, wrong place, right time, every combination yeah. thereof. 
Well, and I, I will wrap up with this. So I was very lucky to get to link up with the Subaru group and several of my friends from LA that are automotive journalists were there. And I met the Dom Infante who runs communications for Subaru in North America. And they were incredibly generous and welcomed me into the group. And we all watched, you know, a couple races together. And then during one of the races, they said, oh, um, this has been lovely. We have to run and catch our helicopter because if you stayed <laughs> on the estate, you arrived to the event by helicopter. I see. So really that's the goal is get to the point where you are arriving to the event by helicopter and then they ferry you from the helicopter to the event space in vintage Willys Jeeps, Land Rovers. You know, it's a bunch of military vehicles. Goals. But so then because it was so hot. So Vuv is the house champagne of the event. Okay. But because it was so hot, most people weren't, they, people weren't drinking nearly the amount that they normally do. Sure. And so they had opened a couple bottles and they said, we have to run and catch our helicopters. We're not going to drink these. Why don't you take them? And there was a half finished bottle of water, but it's in a glass bottle. So I grabbed him and my friend Lynn and I went, and the water looks like it's a bottle of vodka. Sure. So I look like a proper lush walking, <laughs> you know, and then I got back to the Shelby suite and I just started pulling bottles out of my purse. And one of the other men said, okay. And he was calling me Carol because of my outfit. Uh -huh. And he said, okay, Carol, really, why do you have these bottles? And added to the list of sentences, I never thought I'd say, well, my friends from Subaru had to go catch their helicopter and we're going to finish the champagne. So here you go. So here we are. Yeah, on the back of your business card. Right, yeah. It was like, you know, in parenting, there's all these sentences you never think you're going to say. This was one in the car world. Yeah, my friends had to go catch their helicopter. So sorry. <laughs> right. Oh, my mistake. As one does. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm still, you know, and then I got back Sunday, you know, early afternoon because of the time difference, obviously. And I was sitting on my couch, kind of trying to process the event. And I have these amazing candles from Monterey that are incredibly strongly scented. And I was smelling them and I went, it, you know, it truly feels like it was a dream. And the, you know, everything was kind of weaving together, having the, the mementos from Monterey with the memories from Goodwood and just, you know, again, just immense gratitude because... I don't know whose life this is, but I'll take it. Oh, and I'm going to say the rest of 23 sounds like going to be a letdown. <laughs> right. Yeah, we were all, everybody that was there, we were saying, man, back to reality in the worst way. Yeah. Well, Just I, to do that on the heels of Monterey. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what an extraordinary summer. Truly. Like, 2023 is going to be hard to top, you know, but I'm up for the challenge. There you go. There you go. Well, next time you need to be on the helicopter. Yes, that was, this was my year to figure it out. And now I know the goals for next year. Yeah, there was years ago, there was an event at BIR up here up north. We yeah. stayed at Primlin, which is this European style resort in the Virginia Hills. And they would helicopter you to BIR. And then Tom Christensen and a bunch of Audi R8s would go on a like, teach you how to drive the track. And Gosh. I think the ticket was like 10 grand or something like that. 
Probably worth it though. I would imagine. I would love to be an RA behind Tom Christensen trying to follow that line. You imagine. I saw him in the driver's club at Goodwin. Oh yeah. Of yeah. Course. Well, how many times did he win? He won a few times. Yeah. Well, and there was, I may be misquoted, <laughs> but one of the races, well, so there was one race that had a vintage T-Bird, like a big one. Yeah. And but the the fan favorite of the weekend was this little sob from the 60s that was in that race. And it was competitive, adorable and competitive. And, you know, yeah, we're about to run out of time. But there was I don't know if it's as early as the 60s, but there was a V4 sob sonnet. I can't imagine being competitive, although it was very light, which is. Yeah. Well, in this one, they had just had to put a new motor in. So. Maybe that helped, but obviously we know driver makes a big difference. Driver mod. Yeah. Well, so yeah. This. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was good to see you. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Lindsay Jesh. And I'm Tremaine Cryer. And we have no business being here, but we're so glad you joined us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.